All right, everybody. This is S. Anthony Thomas, host of the S. Anthony Says podcast, also known as the show you're listening to right now. The show you downloaded. You know you love this show, and I love you too, you sick bastards. Well, I want to say one thing. As it turns out, I did a wonderful show on Sunday. I recorded an episode of the Quadcast podcast with the with the Quadfather, someone whose show I listen to on a regular basis, and I think you will enjoy it as well. In fact, I'm sure you're going to enjoy the show, but you'll really enjoy this Wednesday show because I'm going to be on it. Yeah, that's right. So you go and you check this man's show out at the quad at the quadfathermft.com. Q-U-A-D-F-A-T-H-E-R-M-F-T dot com. You check it out because I'm going to be on it. That's right. And in fact, I want you to follow his Twitter, too. And say at quadfathermft. That's where he is on Twitter. So you do that. This Wednesday, I will be with the Quadfather, and the Quadfather will be with the S. Anthony Thomas. You're going to love it. I loved it when I was there. I'm sure Courtney loved it because he was the one that was there. He's the Quadfather himself. And we had a great time. And you'll have a great time. So after you finish listening to this, get yourself ready to listen to that one on Wednesday. And I want to give a shout out also to my other, uh, my, uh, my other pod homie, uh, Dan Lazette from the Podcast Digest, because essentially that's how the Quad Father heard about me. So uh, as it turns out, I'm going to recommend two great shows. And I'm not just saying they're great shows because they both had me on. No. I'm not saying it because of that. I actually like the shows. Of course, their best shows were the ones with me on it. <laughs> Who's narcissistic? Shut up. But you listen to, to uh, Dan's show as well. It's at the, the podcastdigest.info. And I want you to follow Dan as well on, uh, on Twitter at, at poddigest. Okay? At poddigest. So here's your assignments. Continue to listen to me every week. Continue to bring, bring people back every week. This Wednesday, you will go to the Quadcast podcast to listen to the Quadfather and the S Machine. And I also want you to check out the Podcast Digest because I can't keep recommending good stuff to you all the time. But Dan will recommend good stuff to you all the time. So make sure you check that out, okay? And having said all of that, my friends, it's time for me to let you listen to the show you downloaded or are listening to in your car or wherever you're listening to it. I'm going to let you listen to who? Me, you sick bastards. Are you ready? Roll the credits. Huh? They're not credits. Credits are at the end of a show. So what would what, 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 what I, what, what, what I actually be rolling right now? The intro music? Really? Do I have credits at the end? I don't have credits at the end of the show. Wow, that's embarrassing. Okay, well then roll the intro music. That's that's even better. You know, just roll the intro music because I don't actually have credit. That's for television programs. <laughs> no, you're crazy. Roll it. You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says Podcast, starring S. Anthony Thomas. <laughs> you lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. go. My friends, let me ask you a question. You have a smartphone? Of course you do. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something, my friends. 
When you look at those apps on those smartphones, do you see a picture of yourself? You don't? Well, you should, you bastards. Because you're an app to somebody and somebody else is an app to you. Your life is that phone and everybody in it is an app. That phone is everything to you and you know it. It's like that Superman movie. You know the movie Superman with Christopher Reeve and they had this uh, hologram or this, uh, it looked like a looked like a floating mirror where everybody who was exiled was trapped in there and they could not be let out unless somebody let them out. Well, that's what your phone is like. It's like that holographic prison cell that everybody's trapped inside. Obviously, it's not a hologram. It's your phone, but you get the point. Uh, shut up. But think about that for a minute, right? Think about that for a second, right? Everybody needs their smartphone. You ever been in a room full of people that are very young? And by very young, I mean 21 and under. And they have those phones. They could be sitting right next to each other. And these suckers will text you when you're in the same house with them. Not only are they so lazy, they can't come to the basement or go to the attic or go out front where you are. The lazy bastard can't even use their vocal cords to call you. You lazy bastards with your phones. They don't even look up from their phones. A lot of them couldn't even identify each other unless there's a slightly blue hue to their skin color because that's all they ever see is their friend's face and that blue crap coming off the phone to make them look different that's right i said it punks but let me tell you something that phone is everybody's life everybody's life is built around that phone they need that phone they love that phone. i'm starting to sound like jack nicholson from a few good men you that phone you want me on that phone but i didn't mean it that way i'm back to the story but everybody has that phone man and i don't look i see i'm a little bit different i have my phone with me but you don't see me staring at my phone every day when i'm walking down the street and almost walking into traffic like everybody else you don't see me staring at my phone and almost walking into a pole like everybody else no i pull out my phone i do my business with my phone and then i put my phone back in my pocket to let it sit back there because i'm letting my phone know listen punk yeah, you got all my contact information. You got all my friends' phone numbers and addresses. You got all my business crap in there, punk. But I'm running the show. I put you in my pocket, punk. You don't put me in your pocket. And I'm not going to sit next to somebody and use you to contact them, punk. Now get in my pocket and I hope my keys scratch you just to let you know who's boss, punk. But the keys can't actually scratch the glass because you can't do that anymore. But you get the point. It's still in the dark. That's right. But I'll be honest with you, everybody's walking down the street searching the web and looking up stuff. And I'm never going to walk down the street searching the web. Never going to do it because I'd rather look up porno when I'm at home. The last thing I want to do is be caught walking down the street looking up pornography and stuff like that. And I'm never going to let that happen to me again. <laughs> I mean, it's never happened. <laughs> Don't judge me. Shut up, punks. But what I started out saying, my friends, is that everybody, you're an app to somebody and somebody's an app to you. You don't think so? You don't think your life is like your phone? You don't think you're an app to somebody and somebody's an app to you? Uh, let me give you some examples, punks. Say for the sake of argument, you got your smartphone out and you want to look up something. You want to find out where something is. So you open up your phone, you take a good look at it, you see the 95,000 apps there, but none of those other apps 
can help you with this particular task. So basically, those apps are useless. I don't need no stinking Angry Birds app or Solitaire or some of that other crap. You punks can't help me find what I need. Get to the left. I'm going swipe to the swipe from the right to the left and move your worthless asses out of my way while I find the app that can give me what I need, punks. So what happens? You swipe to the right from the right to the left and then you find what you need. You want to find out what where this particular country is for some particular reason or whatever dumbass question you have to ask and you find the Google and you the Google app you push it and you okay Google what is the blah 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 and bump the answer to your question that you should have known if you studied in school you dumb bastard how the hell are you asking me a question like this how the hell do you not know how many states are in the continental United States how do you not know that okay let me give you a hint you stupid ass human Alaska and Hawaii yes they're states but they're not part of the continental United States I shouldn't even have answered the question dummy how you should be embarrassed to even put that into this phone I now lose certain amounts of respect for you and to prove that I've lost certain amount of respect for you from now on your nine hour battery is going to be a seven hour battery and it'll only go back to being a nine hour battery once you pass a series of tests you carbon based piece of crap and now I'm going to go back to sleep judgmental phone damn it but that's what you do. You swipe from the right to the left because you want to find the app that helps you out. And if the app doesn't help you out, you ain't got to use for it. That's right. Maybe you want to find the directions to some place. So what do you do? You swipe from the right to the left, moving those worthless bum apps out of the way that can't help you for this particular task. Those worthless pieces of crap. And what do you do? You find an app that gives you directions. And you go and you type in the directions. You type in where you want to go. And it already knows where you are because your smartphone knows everything about your punk ass. Yeah, that's right. And it tells you how to get there. It tells you how to get there on your feet. It tells you how to get there on the bus. It tells you the driving directions. It tells you how to get there if you can put your thumb out and hitchhike with somebody. And when that person who you, who you hitchhike to takes you into the car it gives you an indications on how to jump out the car before they take you to a dark alley and chop you up into little pieces because you shouldn't have gotten into a car because hitchhiking is dumb especially if the guy is already wearing a jason mask and has a machete with blood on it already you should not have been that desperate for a ride you dumb bastard that was a little bit too far back to the story so now You've used two apps. You've used them. Use them for what you want, you sick bastard. Now, how are you going to tell me that you're not an app for somebody and that somebody's not an app to you? Of course they are. It's just like your phone. You swiped from the right to the left, but you do it in your brain. I've been Google for many people. There, there's certain things that I know a lot about. And what happens? People that don't call me that often, that still like me, but don't call me that often, that don't necessarily call me on my birthday. Maybe they're a day late, but they stay they, they like me. I'm an app that sits there on the phone and they swipe past me every time. Hey, let's have this. Let's go to this place. Oh, we forgot to invite S. Anthony. Yeah, that's right. That's it happened to me on occasion. And I know you're listening to this podcast and you hurt my feelings five years ago, you piece of shit. Okay, let's back to the story. I digress. 
So they swipe right past you if you're not useful. They don't, you don't, you know, just like with an app. You don't visit an app that doesn't have a use for you in a specific occasion. You don't go to that app. You know, I haven't used this Angry Birds app in two years. I'm going to just tap the app to make sure it's okay and see how it's doing. Of course, you don't do that. And it's the same thing with certain friends and certain family members. You swipe right past that app because they can't help you right now, you bastards. Yeah, that's right. I said it. So what do you do? You need to know all of a sudden you need to know something about writing and comedy. You need to know something about the things that I know a lot about. So what do you do? You need something written for somebody. You need a script written or you need an article written. And what do you do? You swipe to the S. Anthony app. You tap it. Hi, yes. I need something about writing. You write. You've been writing for 30 years. (laughs) Shut up, punk. I've been sitting here and you've been swiping right past me to those punk ass apps that have not been on your phone all this time. And now all of a sudden you think you can just tap me and it's going to work like that well I don't care you know why because just like your phone in the background I've been updating this app on a regular basis and you know what happened one of the updates was increased self esteem so when you tap this app now punk unless you tap this app at least once a week to show it some respect I ain't gonna teach you shit yeah that's right I said it punk (laughs) and don't tell me you're not an app for somebody else of course you're an app for somebody else you have specialties you have things that you're really really good at you have things that you did your special like i said are your specialties or you have something that other people need ever been the friend who's the only friend that has a car working hmm ever been that guy of course you've been that guy or that gal and what happens? People that don't talk to you that much, that kind of like you, but they don't talk to, the, to you that much, but they kind of like you, but they don't talk to you that much. They kind of like you, but they don't talk to you that much. Did I mention that they kind of like you, but don't talk to you that much? Just wanted to make sure I said that a few times to make the point. So what happens is all of their cars break down and all of a sudden you're that app that got swept by. And all of a sudden they take the app known as you and move you from six swipes to the right like you are now all the way in the back with the apps that ain't shit. And they move your punk ass up to the home screen so they can tap you every time the phone comes on. I need to ride here. I need to ride there. I need to ride here. Wait a minute. You're going. You're on your way to work, right? And and, and my job is like five minutes from yours. So if I come outside at eight o'clock, you can give me a ride to that place, right? Yeah, sure. Then all of a sudden, now that you're on the home screen, they can't stop tapping you. They even tap you by accident a few times. Oh, I didn't mean to call you. I meant to talk to somebody that was important to me. Oops. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I said it, punk. So yes, just like the phone, you bastards, you're an app for somebody and somebody's an app for you. You got to realize that. Now, you can be upset by the fact that you're an app, but you can sit back and say, you know, I do have a use. I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't even in the phone and this app, my app, I mean, I'm six swipes to the right, you know, which means they pretty much don't never swipe that far and the only they kind of forgot that i was back here and the only time they pay attention to the fact that i'm back here is when they go and find out which apps are draining a lot of battery and they realize i'm not draining that much battery but i am draining some battery just because i exist so they decide to deactivate me and you know what it's like when you've been deactivated 
When you find out there were some parties that you didn't get to go to, there were some weddings you weren't told about, people had kids, didn't give you any pictures, all that shit, yeah, that's right, your your app has been deactivated. It's still there. It's not like they moved out of the city. It's not like they had you here, sent a hitman over to kill you. You're still on the phone, but you've been deactivated. Yeah, that's right. You're an app, and the people, some people are apps to you, punk. Yeah, that's right. I said it. But it's okay. Because just like anything else, eventually they kind of go, you know, let me see what apps are all the way. I mean, I didn't realize how many apps I had until I ran a scan on my phone and I realized I got 147 apps and I only use 40 of them. Let me see what some of these apps are back here. Wait a second. There's an app back here called Phil. I like Phil. I used to see Phil all the time. Let me see how Phil's doing. And then you tap the Phil app and you find out Phil's doing great. And Phil's like, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. What's going on, man? Oh, yeah, you know how it is, man. Life takes you away. And you reconnect with Phil. And you move Phil over a little bit in your phone. He's not on the home screen, but he's on swipe number two. He's a two-swipe friend. That's right. And then you find out when you call Phil, he's not as answering your phone calls anymore. Hey, Phil, I left like three messages for you. I want to know if you want to get together for lunch. <laughs> then you realize that Phil is a little bit different than you remember. He was lovely. He thought it was cool to talk to you because he hadn't heard from you for a while. And then he realized after talking to you, the reason that you haven't talked in a while wasn't really your choice. It was his choice because he has now moved you 10 swipes to the right on his phone. You're back there with shit like, you know, the stuff that came prepackaged with the phone. You're back there with, you know, uh, uh, you know, advertisements and crap like that. There's viruses that are closer to the front of his phone than you are. That's right. You moved him up to a two-swipe friend because you realized how cool Phil was. And Phil moved your punk ass a few ten swipes back because he realized that you're a piece of shit. <laughs> it goes both ways, my friend. Like I said. Other people are apps on your phone of life and you're an app on other people's phones of life. It's always good to make sure that if you're in somebody's phone, if you're not going to use the app, don't put the app on the phone. You know, it's just taking up space. And if you're not going to be friendly with somebody and treat them good and be cool with them, leave them the hell alone. Because you're going to make them feel like shit if you call them up just because you need a ride someplace or just because you need to borrow 50 bucks or just because they you know you found that they can get tickets to UFC or because you found out this, that, or the other or you found out that they go to Hooters and they know all the Hooters waitresses and you want to see some Hooters waitresses. Well, let me tell you something, you bastard. Apps have feelings too, damn it. You will respect the app. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Segment over. You know what, folks? Let me tell you something, guys. Um, this is something. I was watching an episode. It was like a. I love the Seinfeld show. And I was watching an episode of Seinfeld. It's one of my favorite episodes, and it's a classic episode. It's the Master of Your Own, of Your Domain episode. You know which one I'm talking about. And I was thinking about that. And I, and I was. <laughs> it reminded me of, of, of uh, my own childhood. And, and I'll, I'll explain what I'm talking to, to you to, about in, in a second. I was just thinking that people, human beings were always creatures of habit. 
And sometimes you'll wind up doing something on a regular basis and you don't even realize why you're doing it. And you realize it's become a habit or you're doing something and then you kind of slowly stop doing the thing. And you realize the reason you stopped doing the thing is because a new habit has taken its place. Now, the new habit could be laying on your ass doing nothing. The new habit could be anything. It could actually be a pleasant habit. It could be working out or, you know, cooking good foods or hanging out with good friends. It could be any kind of habit, any kind of other thing. But but the habit was replaced by something else. And if you're a teenage boy, when you discover a certain activity, it itself becomes a habit. Now, it becomes a habit because, well, (laughs) it's enjoyable. (laughs) And you think I think you know what activity I'm referring to. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say what activity I'm referring to. I'm too too much of a gentleman and too too refined to talk about what that activity is. But let's just say you're a young man. You're laying down. You're holding up the underwear section of the Sears catalog in one hand and doing something else with the other hand. And I'm not going to say what you're doing with the other hand. All I'm saying is before you shake that hand, if you're another person and not the teen, you might want to have that kid boil their hand and have it inspected by someone with a microscope to decide if there's something if the hand is worthy of touching which I'm sure it's not worthy of touching because of what it was touching before yeah that's right I said it but just like anything else if you do something for a long period of time you know like I said it becomes a habit and as an adult it's a little bit different because you know I got a I got a I got a house, you know I got a place. I got my own, you know I, I, I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. Nobody can tell me anything. So as an adult, you don't do that anymore as much, at least I don't. I mean, not that I've ever done that because I, I I've read about it, but I've never partaken of that activity myself <laughs> being the world-class sex symbol that I am. <laughs> Shut up, punks. But what I'm saying is when you're a kid, it's like Mission Impossible, man. You got your siblings. You got your parents walking around. You never know because your parents, the parents never knock on doors. Parents just kind of bust in like the damn SWAT team. And they don't have to do that. They're just doing that because they want to let you know that they can. And because you're a, you just became a teenager and they know there's an 80% chance you're doing something in there that you wouldn't even think about doing in front of at least I hope you would not think about doing that in front of them because that would be kind of weird and that would be one good way to mess up Thanksgiving (laughs) that's weird isn't it yeah that's the point but the thing is like I said as an adult you, I mean, you don't even necessarily want to do that kind of thing anymore I mean mean, adults do I'm sure adults do not me by the way Uh, but I'm sure adults do but it's it's just one of those things where you think you know I've had I've had sex. I know what it actually feels like. It's like this is nothing compared to that. You know? You know, especially as you get older and you've had you've had relationships, you've dated, you've been married, you may even have kids. You don't want to do that crap. Why? 
Because quite frankly, you've compared it to the real thing and compared to the real thing. If the real thing was a million dollars, then doing that is like finding a vomit covered coin that's stuck to the ground. I'm not scraping that up. I'm going to wait for my million dollar check. But as a teenage boy, when you got no money and you see that vomit covered coin, coin on the street you scrape that crap up and slap it in your pocket and go i got a quarter yay that's right that's part of the thrill of it that's why some people cheat it's not about the sex the sex is is, is, is like it's just it's, it's male stuff and women's stuff you know they all are designed to fit together they all are awesome it's no big deal but the thrill is someone else likes me someone else wants to do some stuff with me and my wife won't know or my husband won't know it's exciting Ooh, ah. and that's why it's exciting to the teenage boys and the teenage girls but i'm gonna stick with the teenage boys right now because i've never been a teenage girl unless there's something i don't know about but that's a whole different story but when you're a teenage boy you have to you have to plan and plot that thing out, man. You can't just like like if I wanted to do that kind of thing, I could just take care. I could just do it whenever I wanted to. I could just abruptly stop whatever I'm doing and going, you know what? I'm going to do that right now. And I'm the only one here and no one can stop me because it's my place and there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, that's right. In fact, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Ten minutes ago. <clears throat> anyway. But when you're a teenage boy, man, a teenage boy has to plot and plan, man. It's like Mission Impossible. You don't know when, like I said, you don't know when your parents are going to come busting in the room, acting like they're bringing you some clothes. I brought you some clothes. And then they're looking around the room, inspecting it to see whether or not you did something wrong or your sister or your brother bust in the room. And they're not trying to catch you into doing anything. They're just pains in the ass. Yeah, that's right. I said it. But it's like Mission Impossible when you're a teenage boy. You really want to do that. And the fact that, in fact, the fact that there's a concept, there's a prospect of getting caught, even though it would be dreadful and horrible and you would feel humiliated. And, you know, daggone well, your parents would never let it go. Your dad would want to have a long talk with you. And more importantly and more disgustingly, your mother would want to have a good talk with you. They'd want to take you to a psychiatrist or they'd want to have a nice family discussion or they'd get all the kids together. And so they wouldn't have to talk to you individually. They decide they need to have a family meeting and you're the only one that's a teenager. The other two don't really know what's going on and they bring up the topic and the other two know they didn't do it. So now they know you do it. And now all of a sudden when they say goodbye to you, when you go to your separate schools, they wave to you or give you the Isaac from Love Boat point because they're not going to shake your hands or hug you because you disgust them. <laughs> But that's the thing, man. It was just, it was like, as a kid, it's an event. It's the best thing in the world, especially if you pull it off. Wow. Bad choice of words, huh? <laughs> Back to the story. But when you actually complete this thing, man, you, you feel like a million bucks, according to people that have done that, which is in a group that does not include me. I've been told by other people. <laughs> Shut up, punks. But you feel like you actually did something. If you have teenage boys, you know how awful they can be sometimes. They're always mad at you, always yelling. You ask them to do something. They look at, look at you with that look of disgust in their face. And then they, could you, could you clean up your room? <laughs> right? Well, then all of a sudden they realize, wait a second. He said to clean up my room and he knows it's going to take a long time. 
and he's not going to come back up for a long time. <laughs> so not only am I going to clean up my room, let's just say I'm going to take care of something else too. <laughs> so the dad comes up 12 minutes later. Which is 11 minutes more than you needed because you're a teenage boy and you're just happy to take care of business. And he comes up and all of a sudden you're in a good mood. And he's going, you all right? Yeah, Dad, everything's great. Everything is just fantastic. By the way, Dad, there's your Sears catalog right there, okay? <laughs> make sure, Dad, you, make sure when you, when you take it back, Dad, you put it someplace where I know where it is because I have to look up a couple things. <laughs> <laughs> in the underwear section <laughs> what was that boy nothing <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> that's right old man that's right you guys don't even understand that the only thing that makes you two old people tolerable is the stuff I do when I'm holding up that magazine yeah that's right you think I wanted to read Sports Illustrated because of the sports Get real, we have cable. I can watch that crap any time I want to. What the hell do I need still pictures of runners for? I'll tell you why I need still pictures of runners. And it doesn't have anything to do with their running dad. And don't even think about it, old man. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if when mom went off on that sales meeting, you didn't even use the same book that I use, old man. You don't fool me. I'm 13 years old, I'm a man of the world, and I know what you did, Pop. First of all, Dad, you don't really have any reason to even look in the, un the underwear section of that catalog. You don't even like that catalog. You tried to get Mom not to even have the catalog sent to the house. Then all of a sudden, I walk in there, and I see you with a damn catalog open up to the underwear section. And don't act like you were going to buy Mom some underwear, punk. You weren't going to buy Mom any underwear because the last time you bought Mom underwear, you bought it too big, and she was about to kill you. Then you bought it too small, and she was about to kill you then you bought the right size but it was ugly and she was about to kill you and you decided you were never gonna buy her underwear again because you didn't want to die even though you're already old you don't understand <laughs> 43 years old i didn't even know why you're still alive at that age you old man but let me tell you something right now I better not see page 412 folded down because if I see page 412 folded down, I was put it to you this way. I'm your oldest child. I'll be the one that picks the old folks home. And I'm telling you right now, I hope Alpo is still in business because that's all you're going to be eating in the old folks home, you old bastard. Yeah, that's right. Now, all of that, of course, is going through the kid's head within a nanosecond as his dad walks out with the Sears catalog. And he, of course, would not say that because getting his ass whooped is not a fun thing. <laughs> and I'm not talking about myself. Shut up, punks. But all I'm saying is, it's not the same thing, man. Kids think it's an event. It's a great thing. As an adult, man, I remember the, I remember one time when I was maybe 21 years old. Okay, I admit, I did this. Uh, I did that thing that we're discussing in this segment. Hold on, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. I did it uh, uh, maybe twice in my life because of my sex symbol status. It's not necessary. <laughs> Shut up. And sometimes you can do something and you can catch yourself in the middle of it and, and start realizing just how dumb what you're doing is. 
I remember one time right in the middle of this particular activity, I was sitting there and I was like, I'm not even enjoying this. I mean, it was times when I was a teenager. I was like, wow, this is the greatest. But right now, I'm 20 years old. I've already gotten it on a whole bunch of times. I had a steady girlfriend up until last year. Why am I doing this? Keep in mind, I'm still still doing it. I'm just thinking this while doing it, just in case it starts to get good. <laughs> Shut up, punks. And I go, oh, this is just ridiculous, man. You know? And then I turned to the left and I caught a glimpse of myself in the television screen. And, oh, man, it was bad enough I was having second thoughts about doing this. But now I caught a glimpse of myself and that dumb look on my face and the activity itself just looked horrible in the television. I just was like, oh, my God. Oh, I'm glad the screen was dusty because it would have been even more embarrassing because the screen was dusty and I couldn't really make out my face. But I could make out everything else and I knew it was me because I was the only one in the room. That's right. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is the dumbest thing in the world. I'm literally sitting here lying to my own man stuff. I'm lying to it. And lying badly. See, when you're a young man, you can lie to your to your stuff and say, this is really a girl. This is really a girl. I'm feeling a girl. This is really what's going on. But at that point, you hadn't actually been with a girl. You hadn't been with a woman. You don't know what it was like. You just imagine what you think it's going to be like. But at that age, I had been there a bunch of times and knew what it felt like. And my man stuff wasn't fooled at all. When you're 13, it's like, yeah, man, who's girl? It's really a girl. I'm stupid. I have no experience. I don't know what it's really like. So I'm just going to take your word for it. That's what your stuff is thinking when you're a kid. But as a grown man, your stuff is going, dude, really? You really don't think I know the difference between this and what was happening up until a couple of months ago? Huh? Seriously? You, you you should be ashamed of yourself. I shouldn't let you pee from now on. I should just not let you pee for a while just to teach you a lesson for being an idiot. This is just the dumbest thing. And get off me. Get off, get off me. You're not even digging this. I'm not even digging this. I'm not even standing all the way up. I'm just kind of leaning here because this is a waste of your time and a waste of my time. This is the equivalent of calling out a fire truck to put out a birthday cake. This is a waste of my time. Yes, technically there's a fire. Yes, it does need to be put out, but it's not a real fire and I'm not required. And it's the same thing here. Hey, what's the fire truck doing here? It's just a birthday cake. What? Somebody called me to put out a birthday cake. I'm not doing it. I'm going back. And it's the same thing here, you punk. And that's what it's like as an adult. And when you factor in the fact that as an adult, you have your own house, your own space, and it's not that somebody might see me. This is thrilling. It's none of that. So now you don't even have that thrill. It's a complete waste of your damn time. And that's why I vowed to never do it again. And I'm glad this is a podcast. You can't see my fingers and toes crossed. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, like I said, I've never taken before, never myself partaken of that activity because of my sex symbol status. <laughs> Shut up, punks. Don't judge me. <laughs> Segment over. You know what, folks? I want to talk to you about reputations and I work really hard on my reputation and people that have worked with me will tell you something. 
and this is my feeling about reputation and, and, and how you should carry yourself. You know, like when I, if somebody pays me to do a gig, I try my best to make sure that when I perform, I give them twice what they paid for. Say for the sake of argument, I got paid $50 to do a gig. I would make sure I gave you $100 worth of entertainment. By the way, if you think you can get me to show for 50 bucks, you're fucking crazy. But that's a different story. But it's really important that you build up your reputation, man. As a performer, as a professional, it's the same thing with any kind of profession when you're working with someone else. As an entertainer, I'm going to give you the best show you've ever seen in my life. That's my goal. And as, as a person who's going to do a show, I'm going to show up early. I'm going to make sure you know I'm in town. But there's a lot of people that don't do that, man, and they don't realize how much damage they could do to the reputation because you can build up a reputation. It takes years, but you can knock that reputation down like that. I've been the manager of a comedy club, and I know what it's like to pay the comics and, and be responsible for comics showing up and doing a show. Did a, they had some shows in Philly, a couple of shows, and we had some nice crowds, and we had some gigs, some some comics that were coming from up north, uh, somewhere in the New York area, and at the time I was doing a couple of things in Philadelphia. And they were coming down to do the gigs. And from where they were, it was about two hours to the Philadelphia area, or at least to the, to the location where I was, about two hours under normal circumstances. And the show was at 8.30. And these jackasses didn't leave New York until 7 o'clock. And I said, did you know the show was at 8.30? Oh, yeah, we know some shortcuts. What, do you, what is the shortcut? You, what are you going to do? You're going to jump out of your car and get into a helicopter? There's no shortcuts. The other cars aren't going to move out of the way for you, jackasses. And as it turns out, they were going to be late anyway. But then there was another tra it was a traffic jam. And who could have thought that there'd be a traffic jam between New York and Philadelphia on a Saturday night? Who would have thought it? Huh? You dumb bastards. So as it turns out, they never made it to the show. And as it turns out, there was enough people to do two shows. They would have gotten two paychecks. But they decided not to show up at all. It would have been too difficult for them to do that. Now, I didn't know any much about them. I just heard some nice things about them. And their reputation, as short as it was, was good guys. And as it turns out, I, luckily I was, I was there, so I just did the whole show myself twice. And got their money. <laughs> Losers. But as it turns out, I didn't even tell on them. Every only thing that people knew was that the shows went well, audiences were happy, everything was cool. But they were running around telling the story like it was a cute little story. And we had this gig out in Philly, man. We didn't even get down there, man. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. It was like seven o'clock when we left, man. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. What time was the show? Uh, the show was at eight thirty, and you left at seven o'clock. Oh well, you know, we figured we can make it. I knew some shortcuts. <laughs> I didn't even tell on them. I wasn't going to tell on them. It didn't really matter to me because everything worked out. But they're going around telling the story about how irresponsible they were, not realizing when you looked at the faces of the people you were telling your cute little funny, I didn't make it to a professional gig story. Everybody's face must have been, really, you unprofessional bastards. And as it turns out, they couldn't get gigs for a long period of time. And it wasn't because of me, because I never told anybody. I'm talking about it now years later. But, you know. And they had a nice little bit of a reputation. It wasn't a big reputation, but it was a nice little reputation or I wouldn't have asked them to come down to do the gig. But then they effed their reputation up beyond what I would have even been able to done. They messed it up by being jackasses and doing what they did. 
He spent a long period of time building up a reputation, doing it. We're good guys. We do good things. And then you don't show up because you weren't prepared and you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Reputations can be knocked down so quickly if you do dumb stuff. Right? You see this all the time with politicians. You see a guy or a lady in politics doing their job and busting their ass and doing all these good things. And then they get some power and their reputation is this person is sterling. This person's incredible. And they do one dumb thing. You get caught with a hooker. You get caught with a hooker. Now, when I say hooker, I'm not just talking about men and women. A woman can get caught with a hooker, too. You get caught with a hooker. You get caught with some cocaine. You get caught with some money that you shouldn't have taken. You never did it before, but you did it this time. You just couldn't handle it. It was just $4,000. I mean, I was getting $6 million and it took $4,000 for a trip. Uh-huh. Was it worth it? No, because now you're a thief and a whoremonger when you were never that before. It was one decision, one time. You had 15 years of doing good stuff. Now, all of a sudden, one hooker, one $4,000 trip, something that you didn't need to do, something that was not something you shouldn't even have thought about doing, you jackass, because you had a good reputation. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, sir, Mr. Politician, who had to be with the hooker, all of a sudden, they're scraping your name off of that school. They're scraping your name off of that bookstore. They're scraping your name off that library. They didn't want your name on the library. Why? Because people start calling it the hooker library or the whole of a library. That's right. They weren't even using your name. Your name was a joke. They started to snicker, point to your name, walking into the library and say, hey, did you go to the, to the whole lover library for those books? Yes, I did. So they scraped your name off, you dumb bastard. That's right. Your reputation, bang, done. Why? Because you had to jump on top of some hooker. Was the $75 hooker worth all that you did? And you lady going on your $4,000 trip, you make $127,000 a year. You couldn't afford a $4,000 trip? Huh? Hmm? No, you wanted to take the money. You couldn't help yourself. You couldn't help yourself, you dumb bastard. So you go to Hawaii and you find out that, guess what? When you left for Hawaii, you had a good reputation and a job and when you come back from Hawaii apparently your reputation fell out and was drowned in the Pacific Ocean and it was eaten and shat out by some sharks who munched on your reputation and went that was delicious you dumb bastard yeah that's right reputations can be destroyed so quickly they can be gone so fast you have to have a reputation for doing good things man you have to take advantage of good things, man. You can't get full of yourself, man. I remember seeing an episode of American Idol. It was a while ago, back when I actually watched that stupid shit. And there were some kids that were on American Idol. And they did that, they did that section of, you know, the, the only part that I used to watch where the people come out and there's always a bunch of people who sing like crap. And then Simon, back when Simon was on the show, would make, you fun, you, your songs are fun, just horrible. I hope your singing teacher shoots herself in the face with a harpoon gun and catches her, sets herself on fire and jumps off of the Empire State Building and lands on a buzzsaw. You know, that kind of crap, right? You know, I love that shit. <laughs> well, I, I, I love that back then. Right? And then what you think about is they come in and, they, and that was the only part of the show that I actually watched was that part. And so the next thing that happens is they go to Hollywood because that's what they're all trying to do. They're trying to get to Hollywood. Because if you notice, everybody runs out the Ryan Seacrest with the piece of paper. You're going to Hollywood. Hey! 
not realizing that Hollywood is nothing more than another audition. You're not really on the show yet. You're on that punk-ass reality show part in the beginning. You're not really on the show yet. You're just some punk-ass who could just as easily be on a bus taking your punk-ass back where you were. So to get to Hollywood, you had to sing. And these jackasses get to Hollywood, and instead of practicing with everybody else, they're thinking because I got to Hollywood, you know, huh, I'm the man, you know, <laughs> you know I mean, I, I'm the best, <laughs> you know what I mean, I mean, they know I'm good, I wouldn't be in Hollywood, you know what I'm saying, I got a rep, you know, my reputation is I'm the best singer, you know, Simon, I got four people, all four judges said yes, so you know what I'm saying, they know I'm the best, so I don't need to practice, man, and they go out and they party in Hollywood, do not practice. And, and these these are people that got four of the four judges to say yes. They went to Hollywood, and the reason you got to Hollywood is because three out, at least three out of the four judges said yes. Your reputation is this person can sing. Now we have to check you on the next level. Can you work in a group? Can you work under pressure? So they have a little bit of a rep going out to Hollywood. And that little bit of a rep says you can sing. But they go out to Hollywood. They party. Don't practice. Time comes time to sing. They don't know the words to the song. <laughs> they didn't get any sleep. They don't have the dance steps down. And their punk asses are on a bus. These judges sent them to Hollywood thinking, oh, this is going to be the These guys are great. I think you could really win. So when the judges mind, when they bring, send you to Hollywood, the, you have a mini reputation that says you have a chance to win. Because you wouldn't be there if you didn't. And what happens? They destroy it just like that. They blew it. It's amazing, isn't it? Reputations take a long time to build, but you can knock them down in a couple of seconds. Doesn't take long, man. It's like weight loss, man. You get in the gym, you bust your ass, you lift the weights, you do that to 27 reps of this and 67 curls of this, and then drink the protein shakes, right? I'm going to have some double tofu sprouts. Give me some of that double diet water over there. Let me weigh those ice cubes. I want to make sure those ice cubes are not too fattening, okay? I'm going to drink that, okay? You got a protein shake. Is that the double protein shake? Or the, I, no, I don't want the half protein shake because that's too much protein, and I need more protein and less shake. That's right. And you lift the weights and you start running. I'm going to run, damn it. I'm going to run and just keep running. I haven't run a marathon yet. You ran 12 marathons. I need to run 13 marathons, damn it. And that's it. And then at the end of the month, you lost eight or nine pounds. And that's a wonderful accomplishment. It really is. Eight or nine pounds of hard sweat and lifting and drinking and changing your diets and hitting the heavy bag and doing all of that kind of stuff and that's like the reputation you work hard man you show up for the gigs and like those jackasses at American Idol there were people that had the reputation of being able to sing and they got out to Hollywood and they built up another rep because in Hollywood now they move on to the show and their reputation they got reputation their reputations built a little more first one they said they like me go to Hollywood I passed that test and they build and build and build Back to the weight loss. You bust your ass. You lose the nine or ten pounds. You bust, you kill it and bust it and kill it and crush it. Um, look how good, look how I'm, oh, look at me. I lost eight, nine pounds. I'm the best. And then Thanksgiving comes around. <laughs> and you lost eight or nine pounds of hard after a hard work, man. You know, you, you know what it's like to go to bed when your arms are hurting, your back is hurting, your neck is hurting, your body's stiff. You pulled some muscles, but you didn't care. You didn't stop because you need to lose that weight. You want to look good. You want to be healthy. 
and you lost eight or nine pounds. But once again, as I said, Thanksgiving shows up. Thursday. Pie. Turkey. Sweet potatoes. Macaroni and cheese. Mashed potatoes. Gravy. Several types of pie. And you want ice cream on that pie, don't you? Of course you do. It's Thanksgiving. It's one day. What's it going to hurt? You already lost eight or nine pounds. Come on. As hard as you work, you think you're going to lose it with this one Thanksgiving dinner? And how many people only eat Thanksgiving dinner on Thanksgiving? You mean you don't take a plate home for Friday? And you know you can't eat all of what you put on that plate on Friday. You can eat some Saturday, too. Now, you worked out for a month, and this is just Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Go back to work Monday. What happens when you step on the scale Monday, when you're about to go to work on Monday? What happens when you step on the scale, my friend? Before the scale begins calculating, you look to the left and you see yourself in the mirror naked sitting on the scale and you realize you now have not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, but seven asses. That's right. You've got seven asses. Why? Because you ate like a pig Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And let's be honest, you kept eating till one o'clock in the morning on Monday. So you can count Monday too, you greedy bastard. You busted your ass to lose that eight or nine pounds. You killed yourself. You did your dead the double tofu shakes and the diet water and the locale ice cubes. Yeah, that's right. And now what happens? Hmm? What happens? <laughs> you got back titties. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Four days. Destroyed what it took you 31 days to do. <laughs> and that's what happens with reputations. You build them up after a long period of time. You kill yourself to get them where they want to be. And you do something fucking stupid. And they're destroyed. That's why I make sure to protect mine. You know? Like I said, when I show up to gigs, you pay me to do a gig, I'm going to give you twice as much entertainment as the money you gave me. You know, I know what it's like to book a comedy club and to work at a comedy club and to pay comics. And whenever I showed up at a comedy club, I always showed up really early because I wanted the booker to know I was in town. I was there. I was reliable and I will never let you down. That was my reputation. And that's why I protect it, because I know that if I do anything stupid, and I won't, by the way, if I do anything stupid, I can mess it all up. So I made the decision a long time ago, decades ago, I'm never going to do anything stupid to mess up my reputation. That holds true with the stand-up. It holds true with any kind of acting crap I do. And that definitely holds true with this podcast. I'm never going to do anything stupid to mess it up. Okay. Okay, did you press the, uh, okay, did you stop the recorder? Oh, God. You think they bought that crap? <laughs> I'm going to intentionally do stupid stuff just to teach them a lesson. How do you dare that these people think that they're going to tell me that I can't do stuff? I know it was me that was doing the segment, but that was me trying to give some good advice to them. But I don't have to listen to my own advice, do I? Hell no. Shoot, the next time I do, I'm going back out to do stand-up sometime near the end of this year, I'm showing up late. I'm If somebody pays me some money for the entertainment, I'm going to give them exactly 62.4% worth of the, their money's worth. 
And then that's right. I and then I'm I'm gonna leave the stage earlier than I'm supposed to. And as I walk off the stage, I'm pimp slapping people in the face as I walk out of the room. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's still recording. Oh, Jesus Christ. By the way, I just want to let you guys know since I, I know I, I knew that this was actually still recording <laughs> everything that I said after the point when it looked what it sounded like I was ending the segment and the stuff that you heard just now. This is all the comedy portion that goes after the portion where I was talking some real stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's just kind of kind of becoming a bad habit where I, where, where I forget to hit to, to, to stop the recording and, and tell people what's really going on. I gotta, you know, I gotta start paying more attention. And I got from now on, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make sure that I actually unplug the damn recorder before I say bad stuff because then I'll know that no one hears it. Uh, you know, but obviously, what I'm saying right now is also <clears throat> part of the comedy. <clears throat> uh, segment over. Guys, let me let me talk to you about this for a second. This is kind of a a weird thing. I, I, have you ever just purchased something because you were pissed off? You know, I mean, it may even be something that you needed to buy, but you, you get you get angry about something, and then you make a pissed off purchase. You know, you know, like a like a spouse, like a, like a husband. His wife has you know a delicious chest. And she likes to wear wear clothes, and it's not even revealing clothes, but it's just like, you know, if you have big boobs, no matter what you wear, them things look yummy, okay? Or any boobs, <laughs> I'm a dude, I love all of them, but that's beside the point, you know? Because I had a, one of my girlfriends had double D breasts, and she used to wear kind of low, not low cutting to the point where you're thinking she's trying to be auditioned for a reality show, but you know, she's wearing something that makes her feel comfortable and makes her feel attractive. And I know dudes are staring at her cans, but I didn't give a crap. As long as they weren't leering or disrespectful, it didn't really bother me too much, mainly because I didn't notice them and because I was leering at them because those boobs were just for me. <laughs> Why did I go there? Anyway, but a guy tells us, says, well, hey, honey, would you stop wearing that revealing stuff? And she gets sick of it. She goes, these are my, I mean, we're married or dating, but these breasts are mine, damn it. And I'm going to wear something that looks good. And he says, don't you dare wear that thing with the stuff hanging out. And she goes out and goes to a store called, do you have huge cans? Well, put this on so your things will hang out and it'll piss off your husband and bore him. And she goes there and she shows him the tag. He goes, did you buy something from the hangout, your stuff and and she says yes I did punk and I just did it and women will do that sometimes and men will do the same crap don't you dare buy a motorcycle you bastard you 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 need to be safe for us and the kids and he gets ticked off and he buys a used motorcycle and he comes back and he says not only did I buy this used motorcycle with the questionable brakes I bought this helmet made out of foam literally foam you just take a can of foam and spray it on your head and with your hands form a helmet because i want to tell you that i run my life and that's an impulse buy of anger yeah that's right well for the first time in a long time i actually did that now obviously it wasn't a revealing dress because i'm not i'm a i'm a dude but then again i have dude friends back in la who wear dresses so whatever but that's a different story hi bob anyway so I decided to make a anger purchase because I came home and some schmuck once again was parked in my parking space. You see, the parking space in front of my house is a driveway where you can pull into the garage. I never do that, but 
I could. And you're not supposed to block a driveway. Yet, every day almost, some different jackass is blocking the driveway. And I hate that crap. So I pulled up one day and I just wanted, I was tired. I was doing a whole lot of stuff. I was doing a whole lot of you know stuff that I was working on. Plus I had to help a couple of sick relatives. I was tired. I had about four hours sleep in, four, in two days. I was tired. And I just wanted to go home and sit down and relax. Because I knew I would be able to stay there for about four hours. Just enough to decompress. Maybe take a nap and not stab someone for saying hello to me. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I'd probably shoot them. Okay, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that either. Back to the story. So I pull up and some jack off is parked right there. And it pissed me off. Now, it had happened a bunch of times before. That's true. But this time I was just pissed off and I wanted to choke somebody. So what did I do? I get angry. And I say, Dagnabbit, I'm gonna, I can't take it. So I drive to the dollar store and I buy a no parking sign. And I still have the no parking sign because I didn't put it up because when I came back, the bastard was not in the, the spot anymore, which even ticked me off more. Because, well, not I wasn't that ticked off because the damn thing when it cost a dollar. But that's a different story. So, but the no parking sign is actually right now. I'm literally looking at it and it's balanced on the dry erase board right next to me. And I feel weird because I didn't even bother putting it up. And that was, a, you know, because part of me is like, hey, don't be a dick, dude. Why are you going to be a dick? And I really would feel like a dick if I put that no parking sign up, mainly because no one would honor it. And also because... You know, you feel like the grumpy old guy running out telling people to get off your lawn. He has every right to say get off your lawn. Get off his lawn, rather. It's his lawn. It's his property. He has the right to tell you to get off his lawn. But sometimes, they, they you're as a kid, you're thinking the person's being a dick in the way they say it. So they go, guys, could you just not step on my grass? I want, I want to make sure the grass grows good. Somebody actually said that to us as a kid. And we go, you know what? He does have nice grass. Come on, guys. Stay off Mr. Johnson's grass. And we stayed off his grass. The other person, you little bastard, you stay off my grass, damn it. We're shaking his fist like a old guy in a 50s movie with... Or, or Mr. Wilson on Dennis the Menace or some crap like that. Some show that was before my mother's time. You know what I'm saying, damn it. Okay, not her time. It was before my time, but not her time. She was a little kid, but that's a different story. Right? And you're like, yeah, well, <laughs> guess what, pal? F your grass. How about that? And that's what happens. Sometimes being a dick doesn't help. Sometimes you put out the no parking sign because the other because people are being dicks and then you they perceive you to be a dick and then they become a bigger dick to the dick that they think you are. Yeah, that's right. I said it, punks. So all I'm saying is just like you got to be cool sometimes. But it pisses me off and I I want to put that sign up so badly, but I don't want to do it. There's a lot of places and a lot of times where people act like dicks and they don't have to. You know, you ever been driving and somebody kind of pulls up behind you and they almost rear end you because they're not paying attention. And then they kind of don't want to look at you. And you can tell they're kind of silently apologizing to you by the distance between your car and their car. If there are a couple of car lengths back, they don't think what they did was really that bad. And the further back it goes, the worse they think they did. Earlier today, a guy almost smashed into me, came within six inches. Do you know why? Because he was on a cell phone yelling at his probably his significant other. I can't imagine being that mad at anyone else. And I looked in my rearview mirror and I looked at him like, I want to get out of this car right now and pimp slap you. And he knew he was wrong. 
And when I took off, and I didn't take off aggressively, I didn't do the anger drive, I just pulled off. He was so far behind me, I for, I couldn't even make out the make and model of his car because he knew he was wrong. He knew he was a dick for doing that. There's <laughs> many times when people are being dicks when they don't have to. There's a donut shop by me, and... Everybody goes there. You know, it's not really, I don't even want to know if we call it a damn donut shop because, quite frankly, 95% of what they sell is not donuts. But what the hell? And everybody's kind of like a thing where everybody's like a big glass door. And if you walk in, if you see somebody behind you, you hold the door for the person behind you. Whether you're a man or woman, you hold the door for the person behind you. Or at the very minimum, knowing that it's a slow closing door, if you're all halfway in, you push the door all the way open so the person who's coming behind you has a big wide space to walk through where they can just kind of touch the door to slow it down and walk in. That's essentially still holding the door for the person, is it not? Yes, it is. But there was this guy that decided he didn't want to do that. You know, he did that thing where he just opened the door just enough for him to get in and kind of slid in, making sure that the person behind him didn't get the door held for them. Now, that actually was more effort than it would have taken to just open the door. And he didn't even realize the person behind him was a woman with a baby. Maybe he did realize it. I don't know. But just imagine that. <laughs> you know, imagine imagine going, I am not holding the door for the woman with a baby. You know, and then he kind of looked down, kind of looked away from everybody because you knew everybody in there was going to think he was a dick. And the funny thing about it is if you're not going to hold the door for somebody, you should not hold the door for somebody when you're leaving the place. Because then you're going in one direction and they're going in another direction. There's really no repercussions for being a dick. No repercussions. They may never see you again. You may decide, you know, I went at two o'clock. This time I'm not going to go at two o'clock because I might see that person again and I don't want the problems. But guess what? This jackass, this dick, didn't hold the door on the way in. And the person he didn't hold the door for was also going in. That was dumb. You are now in an enclosed place. With a baby and a mom who you didn't hold the door for. And everybody saw it. The people behind the counter saw it. Everyone around us saw it. (laughs) And just like I said with the guy behind me in the car. who And you've been in that situation before where somebody's in the car. And they damn near smash into you and they kind of look away. They don't want to look at you. Or they cut you off and they're trying to drive. They step on the gas and there'll be eight car lengths in front of you. But at least that person has to get away. But this person had no getaway. We were all in there looking at him like, you mother jumper. That was one of those times where I really wish that they had, you know, those those Microsoft phones that they have in the supermarket that you can do a price check with. I really wish I had that. We should have a microphone in general. We should instead of everybody carrying guns, we should all carry microphones and speakers with us. You know, so instead of a price check, we can do a dick check. Right? That's what we should do. We should do a dick check. Maybe there's a different name for it, but you get the point. Because in the supermarket, if you come up to the counter with some stuff and you don't have the price on it, what do you hear? Uh, price check on the uh, yogurt. Uh, price.
price check on the yogurt and everybody in there knows you're buying yogurt and it's a it's a completely cliched comedic thing when somebody comes up there with a product that is embarrassing you know and every every comic since the 1905 talked about this crap but you know a guy comes up with some tampons or some crap that he's embarrassed to buy you know, I was never embarrassed to buy tampons. I actually actually had someone price check tampons when I was up there buying tampons for a girl I was living with. They price checked the crap out of it. And it was actually and, it's, and I was sitting there laughing because it was so bad because it literally was as if it was a moment in a really bad sitcom from a guy who had just taken a writing class and only passed it because he banged the teacher. And I'm sitting there with this stupid two tampons and it was not only was it tampons it was a big box of tampons and it was heavy flow tampons not kidding true story and the guy a uh, price check on these super duper mega flow tampons and people are looking at me and i'm laughing because quite frankly i was in my 20s at the time and i got news for you it didn't embarrass me at all because you know what it meant it meant i am having regular sex women that you're not having sex with do not send you out for ultra double mega flow tampons i actually held up the tampons and said you're damn right regular sex right here i mean not this week but next week back to regular sex that's right you punks but back to the dick check the guys in the store didn't hold the door for a woman and a baby and i would have loved to have a microphone uh this is a dead dick check right there the guy there in the blue shirt there was a woman right there with a huge diaper bag and three babies in the car in the carriage. Uh, she was actually struggling to get up here. Uh, he could have very easily just opened the door. He didn't even have to actually open the door itself. He could have just pushed the door hard and she would have had enough time to get her carriage in there. But the jackass actually squeezed through the door so he could specifically not hold the door for a baby. Uh, I would like to say right now to the people in the back making his food, feel free to spit in anything that has cream in it. If he has any kind of food that requires cream and sauce, please do whatever you can to spit into his food. If he has a donut, um, why don't you pretend to take it in the back and wrap it up and roll it around on the floor a little bit. Uh, if there's someone back there that has a, a cold or hepatitis, uh, whatever you do, please uh, lick this guy's donut. And then give it to him. Uh, this guy's a piece of shit. That has been your dick check for the day. I am S. Anthony Thomas, your host of this dick check. <laughs> I would love to have a dick check, Mike, anywhere. That would be so cool to just because sometimes people that are being dicks need to call out. I would love to call out the, per the people that keep parking in front of my house. I would love to do that, but I want to do it here. I want to follow them somewhere. Go someplace where they're trying to be all snooty and important, where they're, they're trying to prove to people how they make good decisions. You know, I really would love to be, you know, I think it's a wonderful thing and I would like to thank you for considering me for partnering this law firm. Uh, dick check. Uh, do not consider this jackass for partnering the law firm. Uh, that ass wipe has been parking in people's uh, parking spaces, and I, I and I, if I don't, if I remember correctly, I think that's actually not legal to block a driveway. Yet he does it on a regular basis and gives attitude to the people who politely ask him to move. Now, if that's the kind of person you want in your law firm, you go right ahead. All I'm saying is, I would probably pick someone for my law firm that was only a dick in court in the courtroom, like you guys tend to be. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, right? Because you probably yeah, you, you, uh, I gotta go 
I would love to be able to to do a, a, a to do that to just people just in general. I would love to be able to do that. I would love to have a gigantic loudspeaker on my car when someone cuts me off in traffic and have one of those lights that you can just blast and, and directionally light up that particular car. This asshole right here has been cutting off people in traffic. Uh, this asshole here has been cutting off people in traffic. So uh, if you if you're on uh, if you're on I ninety five right now near Florida. Uh, this is the make and model of the car. Whatever you do, when this jackass tries to get off of the off-ramp, don't let him on. Keep that asshole on the off-ramp for about 45 minutes, letting him know that we do not, as a collective, approve of his driving habits and that he needs to go fuck himself. I would love to be able to do that, but we can't do that. There are many times when people are being dicks and they need to be called out. If we just kept on calling out people who were dicks on a regular basis the way I would like to, everybody who's anywhere near Washington, D.C. would all have laryngitis because ain't nothing but a bunch of dicks out there in the political realm. Yeah, I said it. So what I'm saying, my friends, is this is a special shout out to the dick that keeps parking in my parking space even though they have other places to go. You, sir, are a dick. Get out of my parking space and I don't want to have to put my one dollar parking sign up because of you. You literally cost me a dollar. Do you realize that if you never parked in my parking space, I could have used that dollar to buy one third of a soda at 7-Eleven because that shit's expensive. What the fuck is wrong with those people? I could have done that or I could have bought half of a Sunday newspaper. That's right. But because of you, I can't do that. You parking in my space bastard. So everybody, if you're listening to me, obviously you have good tastes and I'm assuming and of course, assuming correctly that you're not a bunch of dicks. You can't be a bunch of dicks. You're listening to me. You have good tastes and I love every last one of you sick bastards. Yeah, that's right. I said it. So if you know a dick and you get an opportunity to call that bastard out, call that bastard out. That's right. Do it. Do it. You sick bastards. (laughs) Segment over. All right, my friends, this is S. Anthony Thomas. This has been another episode of the S. Anthony Says Podcast, you sick bastards. And I want to thank you very, very much for checking out the show. Uh, and I want to say a special uh, hello to the new people. A whole bunch of new people uh, came on this weekend. And uh, apparently you guys went back and listened to a whole bunch of ep- episodes. Uh, hope you liked them. And uh, and um, hope you stick around just like the people that started off with me a year and change ago. Um, I want to thank you guys for uh, giving me an hour or whatever of your time. I really appreciate it. I uh, want to give a special shout out once again at the close of this to the Quad Father for having me on the show and for Dan Lazette for not only having me on the show, but for introducing me via his show to the Quad Father. I really enjoyed being on both of the shows and uh, they're fun and I had fun doing them. Uh, okay. Also, uh, hello to the new listeners in Australia. How you doing? How you doing? I'm not going to do an Australian accent because my accents suck. So <laughs> in my normal accent, a.k.a. me talking regularly, I'm just going to say hello to you. Uh, the home base for the podcast is santhonysays.podbean.com. And you can hear this podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, uh, Stitcher Radio, 
uh, and essentially, if, if you just go Google S. Anthony says, you're going to find all my stuff. So if you can't remember any of the crap I just said, just go to Google and Google S. Anthony says, you can't miss me, damn it. You can't miss me. Remember to subscribe to the podcast if you hadn't. Remember to recommend this podcast to your friends. And please, if you get an opportunity to, if you do, in fact, love the podcast, please make sure you leave a five star review on whatever listen, whatever you listen to this thing on. OK. Uh, the email address is uh, the S. Anthony says podcast at gmail.com for the people that already have the e- email address and have written me really sweet stuff. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, I do get it. And um, I just want to say sincerely to everybody that's listening to the people that have me on the shows, obviously Quadfather and Dan Lizette and uh, to the listeners, the new listeners in Australia and the UK and the people that have come on um, in, in the States here. Uh, I want to say thank you. I appreciate the fact that you uh, chose to spend this time with me. And I look forward to being and saying really weird crap next week for your enjoyment. (laughs) Much love to you all. And I look forward to talking to you again in about a week or so. Actually, in exactly a week. Because I like to stick to a schedule, my friends. I love to stick to a schedule. Much love to you all. Okay. S. Anthony Alta.